I think it was two years ago that Miles McKee was here with us. Before he came into uh, GCA, we gathered together for a meal. And by the end of the meal, I knew I was genuinely talking to a brother. I thought from what we knew of each other on the internet that I suspected he was a good brother. And I really wanted him to be because McKee and McClarty ought to get along. <laughs> and uh, you can see that we are Irish brothers by the same barber. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago, you all enjoyed him so much that I said, next time you're in America, next time you're near Nashville, you have to come to GCA. And by golly, the next time he was in America and in Nashville, he came here to see us. And I'm very glad because tonight we had dinner again. And we compared notes. And I won't tell you everything we said. But every once in a while, we went, you too? <laughs> Me too. And so Miles McKee is from Ireland, as you will hear from his nice Irish brogue. But he's living currently in Spain, and he has ministries in India and Nepal, and, Nepal and, Uganda. and Uganda. And he's writing, he's writing books right now. And uh, he does a thing called the Wednesday Word. If you're not subscribed to that, you ought to be. Every Wednesday, you'll get an email with just some good Christian grace messages that will just encourage you through your week. So if you want to know how to get the Wednesday word, just corner him afterwards, and I'm sure he'll tell you all about it. In fact, when you come up here and you have the mic on and you're talking to the Internet folks, just say it, how they can subscribe to the Wednesday word. Please make our guest welcome and welcome Miles McKee. Hello, everyone. Hello. And hello, everyone. And I was going to say in radio land. That's a bit antiquated, <laughs> isn't it? That's the way they used to do it in the old days. Hi, everybody in radio land. How are y'all doing? Isn't that the way it is? <laughs> so uh, my name is Miles McKee. I'm not very technical. Even lapel mics give me difficulty. All right. There, am I, everything okay? All right. Thanks for the introduction, and thanks for mentioning the Wednesday Word. In fact, it's really easy to get the Wednesday Word if you're here tonight. Uh, well, I take it you're here tonight if I'm talking to you. But uh, we have a sign-up sheet just out on the table, and you can put your email address on there, and uh, there's a pen and everything, and the Wednesday Word will come out, God willing, every week. And uh, for folks listening on internet, if you want the Wednesday Word, it's Christ-centered. It comes out, as we say, every single week. If you want it, then simply email me, miles, M-I-L-E-S, at miles McKee, that is M-I-L-E-S, M-C-K-E-E, miles, at milesmckee.com. There it is. How about that? I'm smart, aren't I? Sharp. We have a, only a couple of our books with us tonight. We've got a lot more in production. We've got one coming out. It should be out any well any day, any week. Uh, called uh, "Amazing Grace," the most sung yet most disbelieved song in the world. Okay, and so it's all about grace. 
Would you believe it or not? And we have another one which is almost finished called The Gospel Truth About the Blood. I love to hear people talk about the blood of Jesus. A lot of people have a distaste to that. In Dublin, Dublin's the capital of Ireland, and I, I used to do a lot of radio work there. And I was with a man, I was witnessing to him, and I, I noticed in my watch it was coming up to 12 o'clock, and I said, hey, I'm on the radio right now. Uh, well, in a, in a minute, would you like to turn in? So he tuned in and we listened to the program. It was only a four and a half minute program. And I looked at him afterwards, as one would do, you know, to get a response. And he said, Cause, well, I should say, what I was speaking on that morning was the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. And I looked at him after he listened. He said, that would tend to put one off one's lunch. <laughs> yes, imagine it would. <laughs> so not everybody would be as enamored and uh, supportive of the blood as would I. But So we're, we do a lot of uh, writing. And um, if anybody wants to talk afterwards about the extent of our ministry, it's be delighted to. By the way, these books, I do sell them. They're $10 each. This one is Jesus is God. I've only got 20 books with me and that's it. But Jesus is God. If you want to learn something about your Savior, that he is God. He's not just a creation. People say, oh, the Jehovah Witness, he's a creation of God. No, he's not. He's an angel of He's. An archangel. No, no, no. He's God manifest in the flesh. The man who is God died for us. Not some angel. I haven't been reconciled by an angel. Well, I'm not here to talk about that, but I just... <laughs> Jesus is God. He always was and he always will be. Great gifts to give to people. You know, I've got a delightful wife, many of you met her the last time we were here and as I was leaving she said darling I love you but you see those 20 books that you've got with you don't bring any home <laughs> so anyway I'll leave that with your good kindness I am going to go ahead and look at the word of God tonight are you ready for this yes. amen uh, Revelation chapter 2 And one verse, verse 17, Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. And will give him a white stone. And in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth. Save in he that receiveth it. Father would you help us in Jesus name. Would you shut us in with yourself. Would you move amongst us. By your Holy Spirit. Open your understanding, convince and 
confirm that which we hold dear. And we submit this time to you for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'll give you a white stone, he says. What in the world is that? A white stone. I, I was puzzled when I read that. I read it several times. What in, the, what in the earth does that mean? I'll give you a white stone. So I, I went digging. And uh, as I was digging, I, I was reminded of the old story of this little nun in Ireland, uh, Sister Mary. And she got out one night, they're very strict, you know, she got out one night and she had some spare money and she went to the pub. <laughs> A little nun in the pub. And she got legless. Yes. And she got back to the convent and was trying to sneak in. It was after midnight. She was trying to sneak in. And there she comes in. And the mother superior is standing at the foot of the stairs. And she said, really? Sister Mary? Sister Mary looked up through bloodshot eyes and formed a gun with her hand and went, Well, the rest of the nuns were awakened they got her to bed the next morning a solemn assembly was called and the mother superior addressed them and said sister Mary would you come up here and uh, and tell the sisters what you said to me last night and very very sheepishly sister Mary went up to the front and she made the sign of the gun she went, click, <laughs> click, <laughs> click. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You went, pow, 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 said the mother superior. The very repentant sister Mary said, yes, mother. But last night I was loaded. <laughs> well, I tell you, as I began to dig in this scripture, I find out this scripture is Load it. I'll give you a white stone. And I, I have found a lot of distinct, delightful promises in this little gift. And I would, I would pray that tonight as we bring this message, you would be encouraged and helped and challenged and strengthened. If there's anybody who's lost... That the Lord would be pleased to use this to bring them to faith. And so I'd find out this, that in Pergamos, this is written uh, to the church there in Pergamos. And there was uh, strange customs. If you went to court, for example, and you were charged with a terrible crown and you were found guilty, you were given the black stone. The black stone of condemnation. But if the, if the judge said, no, you, you, you're, you're okay, man. You're fit to go. You didn't do it. You're acquitted. He was given the white stone. He could walk around with this white stone and say, I'm acquitted. I'm acquitted. I've got the white stone. And so it was the white stone of justification. The white stone of acquittal. Did you know that that's what 
justification means. It means acquittal. It's not pardon. To be justified is bigger than pardon. And yeah, I love the hymns. Use them all the time. But they're always talking about getting pardoned. Now, I don't know what version you use, and I don't know whether it's true of all the other versions. So I'm just a, I'm a simple country fellow. I like the King James. But anyway, there's no word pardon in the New Testament in the King James. There may be in other versions. There's no pardon. There's Old Testament pardon. Why is that? Well, because if you're pardoned, you're still guilty. You still did it. The guilt's there in you. There's a legal basis for your condemnation. But if you're acquitted, there's no legal basis. You're justified. You're acquitted. We are justified, acquitted by faith. We go before the throne of God, not just as pardoned sinners who've received mercy. We deserve. Yes, we did deserve justice. And we got justice because justice was exercised on the Lord Jesus Christ as he hung there upon the cross Suffering for us. He satisfied the justice of God. And we now go free. I didn't do it. You say, I didn't do it. You want to see the sin of my... I don't care if you've been to the blood. You have been cleansed. And Jesus by himself has purged our sins. Was the purging not good enough? Who by himself purged our sins. Behold, the Lamb of God says the great hairy prophet John the Baptist. Behold... The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Have your sins been taken away? Yes, they have. If you are a believer. Hey, if you're not a believer. You may be religious. You might be a churchgoer. But if you haven't been to the cross, my friend. You're still lost. I would urge you, come and trust Jesus. Wherever you are listening to this message, put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But moving on, at the cross, Jesus Christ stood in my place. And at the final judgment, I'm already now justified. Every believer is justified, but there's going to be a verdict. Not guilty at that last day. And it's beautiful. Not guilty. And as it were, we'll get the white stone. The white stone of justification. When Jesus hung upon the cross, he said, it is finished. When he said, it is finished, that means he paid our account. Stamped upon our record of sin is paid in full. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, in Genesis 19, we read how God remembered Abraham and he saved Lot. You ever notice that? He remembered Abraham and he saved Lot. I'd have thought that it should have said, God remembered Lot and he saved him. But I'd have been wrong if I'd thought like that. Let me tell you this. The only reason that Lot was saved from the billowing brimstone that erupted onto the sun-baked plains of the twin city of Sodom and Gomorrah was that Lot had a praying friend, his uncle Abraham. And it was Abraham who was making intercession for him. Well, what's that got to do with what we're saying? Everything. What a beautiful gospel picture there in Genesis 19. When judgment came, 
God remembered Abraham and he saved Lot. And listen, I don't know. I'm not an end times preacher. I really, I don't understand. All I know is Jesus is coming back. He's coming back physically and literally and the whole thing. And this may be the final generation. Well, I, all I know is it's my final generation. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not getting up from the grave and going preaching again, you know. So this may be the final generation. That will see the judgment of God in its fury. And somebody says, but brother Miles, are you not worried about that? I say, no. No. How would I worry about that? If God's judgment is to come, the Father will remember my high priest, the Lord Jesus. And I will be transformed and translated and given the white stone of justification. The Father will remember Jesus and Jesus has lived and died for me and I'm not guilty because he bore my sins. Not only that, we have come into this house. We sang it today, wasn't it lovely? And we're going to lift up holy hands. You might say, my hands aren't holy, my hands aren't holy. Are you a believer? Have you trusted Christ? Are your sins washed away? Then your hands are holy. Why is that? Because Jesus' hands are holy. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands. Oh, I'm guilty, Lord. Not worthy to go to the hill of the Lord. Hey, that's, that scripture is talking about Jesus. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Jesus. And who shall dwell in his holy place? Jesus. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who's got the pure heart? Jesus. And who's not lifted up his soul unto vanity? Jesus. And all that he did, he credited it to us. And so I can say, holy hands, Lord, I lift to you. Not only that, I'm going to tell you something which is maybe a bit radical. You know, there's people argue about how we should worship. We should have candles, Brother McKee. We need candles. Isn't Oh, we need to speak with glorious glossolalia. That's real worship. Yeah, there's so many theories on worship. But you know what? I am a perfect worshiper. I have worshipped God perfectly all my Christian life. Really? What is what? What's the way? Do you raise your hands? Not raise your hands? What do you do? Do you dance? Oh, there's people say you have to dance. That's not dancing, by the way. That's bopping. You know, they get. <laughs> but I have worshipped God perfectly. Do you know why? Because Jesus has, and His worship is my worship. Everything He has done is mine. His prayer life was perfect, so was mine. Do you know something? My theology is perfect because Jesus was perfect. Now, if you were to look at Miles McKee and other things I believe and don't believe, well, hey, that's different. But I'm not going to glory saying, here, look at all I think. I'm going clothed with the righteousness of Jesus. Amen. Somebody say amen. 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 That's glorious. I was speaking at a lovely wee church up there in Iowa, and they were all... Uh, Dutch reformed formerly and very quiet and you'd be preaching away and none of them would say amen and I was explained to me by the pastor that none of them would and I said I understand you're very conservative but if you like what I'm saying go like that <laughs> okay and then so they all 
Amen, they go, amen. <laughs> you see, uh, but anyway, where was it? I know it was somewhere in the middle of this message. Okay. I do not know what you're hoping and basing your salvation upon. If you're, as some people I've met, basing your salvation on the fact that you've had an emotional experience, you don't have it. Oh, but I, I had an emotional experience. I felt the, felt the tingles all over me. I must be saved. Oh, that's to depend upon your feelings to prove your salvation is to lean upon a rubber crutch. Oh, I take the ordinances. I've been baptized in water. Another rubber crutch. Another rubber crutch. Listen. I've been baptized in water. People, I've witnessed the people say, yeah, I'm saved. Baptized in water. Listen, if water could save you, I'd quit preaching and go and buy a big water hose and go everywhere and hose everybody down and say, now you're saved, now you're saved. I'd quit singing there's power in the blood and start singing there's power in the tub. <laughs> Listen, there's not enough water in the Irish Sea and that's a good sized sea. There's not enough water to remit one sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing. But the blood of Jesus. Amen. And we are declared not guilty by his blood. Justified by his blood. Saved because of the doing, dying and rising again of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are accepted by the Father. Not because of our performance. Did you hear that? It's not your performance that gets you accepted by the Father. It is his performance on our behalf that makes us totally accepted. Before the almighty, all-seeing, all-knowing, all-holy God. And he loves you. And he thinks you're great. <laughs> Amen. Hold him up. <laughs> Amen. And so we really need a Savior. Why? Because we're sinners. That's why we need a Savior. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Habakkuk 1 and verse 3, the first part says, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and you can't look upon iniquity. <laughs> but the Father looks upon us and sees us in Christ and sees us through the blood. And uh, if you were to die this moment, God forbid, and find yourself at the judgment throne and the voice from the throne thundered, Why should I let you into heaven? <laughs> well, if you can look at yourself and see one good reason why you should get to heaven, you don't have the gospel yet. Because the truth is, there's no good reason why he should let us into heaven, except for the fact that I have a substitute whose name is the Lord Jesus Christ and he lived for me and he died for me and he rose again for me and I'm in him and you're in him and we are safe and secure in the Lord Jesus. Amen. <laughs> upon a life I did not live, upon a death I did not die, upon his life, upon his death I staked my whole eternity. And that's the white stone. Of justification. Now we could leave it there, but I'm going to tell you a few other wee things I discovered in 
In Pergamos, when a victorious army returned, the people who had taken part in the conflict were given a white stone. Now, this wasn't the same as the white stone of justification, but this was known as the white stone of victory. The white stone of victory. And I want you to know this. If you're just a young Christian listening to me, I want you to know there are trials ahead. There's tribulation. I'm not talking about the great tribulation. By the way, try talking to folks in persecuted countries about whether they believe in the coming tribulation. They say, no, we're in it. <laughs> we're in it. But there'll be trials, persecutions ahead for followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is not the final chapter. This is not the way it ends here in this earth. For the Son of Man shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Now listen, dear friend, dear brother, dear sister, there may be pressures on you this evening. But I want to tell you this. He's not going to lose you. He doesn't redeem you to release you. He doesn't save us to turn us loose. He doesn't deliver us to desert us. No, Philippians 1 and verse 6 says, He who began a good work in you will perfect it. <laughs> who said that? Well, it was the apostle, but he said it about the Lord. He began the work and he'll finish the work. Do you think he's like... We used to have a fellow in Ireland uh, in, a, in a place, we seaside town, seaside town in Ireland. And he was the only handyman that they had, a place called Kinsale. No, it wasn't Kinsale, it was Dingle. And so, any, sorry, anybody from Kinsale listening, apologies. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. That's Latin. <laughs> anyway, anyway, here, listen. And his name was Dave the Handyman. But it wasn't just Dave, it was partially Dave. Oh, your stair's broken. Need to call partially Dave. Oh, dear, we'll call partially Dave. Oh, yeah. Why was he called Partially Dave? He never finished the job. <laughs> but he was the only one they had. But he'd do about half the job and he said, I'll come back later. I'll come back later. Later could have been two months. If you think you can be saved and lost, you think you're following Partially Jesus. <laughs> who gets a bit of the work done at salvation and then can't finish it. No, 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 no. Jesus said, I will build my church. I'll do it. I'll not try to do it. I'll not give it my best shot. I'll not put my best foot forward. But I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Which I said that. It was the Almighty. Jesus, he's the Almighty manifest in the flesh. He's the one who said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am he that liveth and was dead. That I said, I will build my church. And we are destined for victory, beloved. It may look rough at times, but we keep our eye on the gospel and what Jesus has accomplished. And did you know, and I'm not getting into this, but within the gospel event is all the eschatology we need. The gospel is an end time event. Everything that he did, he'll do again in its consummation. In the gospel, it's inaugurated. He beat the devil at the cross. And he'll beat the devil when he comes back. In the full and final display of his glory and power. He put away sin at the cross. He'll put away sin when he comes back. The gospel 
contains our eschatology. But that's a whole other subject. Get back to the white stone. Hey, do you know what's going to happen? Here's what I do know. I don't know a lot, but I do know this. Second Thessalonians. Maybe you'd want to turn there. Second Thessalonians. Chapter 1, verse 7. And to you who are troubled... You might be worried about everything. It looks bad. The powers that be are massing against us. ISIS is on the increase. And they're after Christians. And they're going to kill us. And you who are troubled. Rest. With us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven. With his mighty angels. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in the saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all going to end in victory. Jesus will triumph and because of him and his doing and dying and rising again we get the white stone of victory. I'm watching the clock here so I'm going to move on. There was another custom in Pergamos, which was this. When a dignitary came and visited the city, if he was important enough, they gave him a white stone. Now, this wasn't the white stone of justification. It wasn't the white stone of um, victory. This was the white stone of citizenship. Oh, sweet. Citizenship. I love it. They hung it around his neck. He was a citizen. Everywhere he went, he had open access. He's a citizen. He had all the privileges of citizenship given to him, afforded to him. Does that affect us in any way? Yeah. One day we will rise to meet the Lord in the air. And we will take up the reality of our celestial citizenship. Will that be on earth? Probably. I don't know. I'm, I'm not an end time guy. You tell me it is, it's on there, I'd say, great. You tell me it's not, that's great. I'm not going to fight you. (laughs) (laughs) Brother Miles, is there a heaven? Yes. And I'll tell you about it. Heaven is where Jesus is. That's where heaven is. It's where Jesus is. Where Jesus is makes a place heaven. If he came back and set up headquarters here in Smyrna, this would be heaven. And you could take a bus tour to heaven as it is right now and find it's a vacant lot. Because Jesus would be in Smyrna. And do you think the angels are going to hang out in what that place they call heaven? 
But there's rivers and gold. So what? Jesus. Wherever Jesus is, that's heaven. Is there a heaven? Yes. It's where Jesus is. Isn't he lovely? Oh, he's lovely. Yeah. Well, what is it like there? Well, I don't know really, but I do know a little. I know that there's a book there, at least one book there. There's a book called the Book of Life. The Lamb's Book of Life. You can see that in Revelation 21. And I may never have my name in lights, and I may never have my name in the who's who. I may never have my name in the honor roll of those who've given their life for their country. And I tell you this, that's all right with me. For I would rather live in obscurity and have no acknowledgments and no recognition for accomplishments, for I have no accomplishments, but be able to rejoice that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life for time and eternity. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Do you want to hear a little more? Okay. <laughs> I was going to talk to the wall there until I, I heard that. <laughs> I read a story, it touched me some time ago, about a, a man, uh, he gave a testimony in, at a gospel meeting up in the Chicago area. He said, I, I was a drunk, and I'm sitting drinking in a pub, and some people came in and fetched me and said, your son is dying. And uh, he had spent all his money on drink. The, the family lived up in the top floor of a tenement, dingy tenement building. And it was a dark, dingy place. And uh, Now, the mother had sent the wee boy to Sunday school. The father hadn't cared about anything. He just was a drunk. And uh, there was no money to get medical help. The wee fellow was burning up and just, it was bad. And I don't want to move your heart by emotion, but this, this happened. The father went in and he had sobered up instantly when he sees his boy. And he, know his, he knows his boy's not got long. And the wee boy understood salvation. He'd been taught at Sunday school and the wee fellow put out his hand with a grip that the father said they had. it was astonishing the grip that he had. It was like a supernatural grip. He wouldn't let go. And he said, Daddy, Daddy, will you promise to meet me in heaven? And he wouldn't let go. Dad, Daddy, will you promise to meet me in heaven? And the man gave his testimony. He said, my son died. And I couldn't even break his grip. But he said, I became a believer. I trusted Christ. I went to him with my sins. I wasn't deserving of any mercy, any forgiveness. Such a wretched person, such a wretched father. But Christ brought me to his cross. To his shed blood for my wickedness. He said, you know, ever since then, I've felt a hand tugging me heavenward. Mm -hmm. 
Have you ever felt a tug heavenward? I have. I hope you have. Have you ever felt that hand? That hand that appeared in creation to meter out the heavens? That hand that led them out of Egypt and opened up the Red Sea? That hand that fed them in the wilderness? The multitude of them. And that hand, remember that hand? It was always powerful, but it wrote love letters in the sand in John chapter 8 so that the condemned woman could go free. Oh, isn't they lovely? Isn't they lovely? The Lord Jesus. And one day they took that beautiful hand, the hands, and they nailed them to a wicked cross. And do you know what that hand is doing now? Well, we sometimes sing it. Before the throne my surety stands. My name is written on his hands. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? I, I tell you, that's good preaching. I wish I was out there listening to this. <laughs> oh, one of these days I'm going to feel the tug of that heavenly hand as he pulls us to be in his presence forevermore. And one day I'm going to have the white stone of citizenship. I already have it. I'm already a citizen. So let me ask you. Will you be there? Have you trusted Christ? Have you gone to him as a sinner, an undeserving sinner? And said, Jesus, you died for wretches like me. Save me. And you say, I don't know a lot about the gospel. Well, you know, all you've got to know a lot about is that you're a great sinner. <laughs> and if you're a great sinner, let me tell you, Jesus is the great Savior. Yes, he is. Do you love him? Yes. He's the great Savior. And that is the gospel truth. Pastor, Jim. <laughs> I think we would all agree. <laughs> so that was a gospel message, huh? That was a good gospel message. Thank you for Miles coming all the way from Spain to come and tell us that. I enjoyed that thoroughly. And it's nice every once in a while to hear another voice that believes what we believe. And to know that he's from the other side of the world... And he believes what we believe because he's reading the same Bible.